Hey, this is Connie Houlihan. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you really should be listening to Sell Without Selling podcasts with my good friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven-figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today, I'm speaking with an amazing, really good friend of mine. Connie Houlihan. Connie began playing piano when she was five years old. And by the time she was 13, she had started her first business, a piano studio, Journeys in Music. She continued teaching during college and worked at La Dida Entertainment while earning a bachelor's degree in music business from Vaughn University in St. Louis, Missouri. She developed a unique system to teach piano, incorporating her love of technology and composition. So all her students composed and recorded their own music. She partnered with Yamaha to train piano teachers around the Midwest using her system. After 20 years of running her own business, she earned her master's in education at the University of Missouri, St. Louis, and then spent five years in the St. Louis public school system teaching general music classes, preschool through eighth grade. She secured a grant with VH1's Save the Music Foundation and helped create a curriculum for the music department in St. Louis Public Schools to utilize the keyboard lab. In 2009, she operates Houlihan Fence and Repair, their family fence company, handling marketing, sales, and accounting. In addition, from 2009 to 2014, she founded and operated Nanny Nurse Network an online sick child care agency providing medically trained caregivers in the patient's home so parents can go to work when their child's home sick. In 2020, she founded Non-Toxic Safe Zone Solutions, which features Angel Shield antimicrobial products that inactivate microbes for up to three months. Their line of face masks, laundry detergent, hand sanitizer, and antimicrobial spray is launching in August. She is also a quantum living advocate with Solex using frequencies to balance the body, mind, and soul. She is an advocate of the CEO program, creating entrepreneurial opportunities with Midland Institute of Entrepreneurship, which trains high school students to create their own business with a local mentor in their community. She has also co-founded two women's business networking groups, Wise Women Connect and Connecting and, and Promoting Women, and has built and trained teams in several network marketing companies. Connie Houlihan is passionate about people and personal development. A born leader, Connie loves to teach and help small business owners and entrepreneurs to reach their full potential and develop their leadership skills. And in case you haven't noticed, she's definitely one of our peeps. And maybe now you understand why I consider her a good friend and I'm blessed to have her in my life. I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I am so excited for you to hear this conversation with this dynamo. This is a phenomenal conversation as she is a phenomenal human being. Really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or you just want more and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your business, your income, and your success to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. 
there's a quick application there that will lead to a personal phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. Okay, let's do this. Connie, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's such an honor, Stacey. Oh, the feeling is very mutual. You, my dear, have quite the repertoire of history in your background. Yeah, I've been, I've done a few things. Just a few, huh? Just a a few. My uh, non-entrepreneurial friends are always asking me, what are you doing now? And you just, I, you know, they, they're just along for the ride. I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. And honestly, I grew up in a small town and I honestly believed everyone had their own business because my parents ran their own business. My grandparents ran their own business, you know, birds of a feather flock together. So they're friends own Mm -hmm. local businesses. My dad was um, very involved in Rotary, which is mostly business owners. Mm -hmm. And so I just thought that's what, that's what you do. Have you (laughs) ever had a job? Have you ever worked for someone else? So for, so for one term, I was at Lottie Dye Entertainment as part of my internship for my degree. And Mm -hmm. then after I um, got a divorce from my son's father, I forgot who I was and Mm -hmm. thought scarcity mindset set in. Mm -hmm. And I thought I need a real job and that Mm -hmm. my studio um, would not support me. And so um, for five years, I taught for St. Louis Public Schools and they helped me get my master's degree. I I learned a lot, a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And I made a five-year agreement. So after that five-year agreement was done, I was complete with that. And I'm clear now um, that that is not the life that I want to have. I like to have... (laughs) say in what I'm doing and like you had talked about the VH1 Save the Music Foundation that was like a perfect example I kept I wouldn't say getting in trouble but my principal kept calling me to her office and she would say what is this about you know and because I would do things and I would I would just do them I would just implement them not realizing I had to get her permission like as a gatekeeper to do anything and so I got this like $20,000 grant that ended up domino effect with other schools getting these big grants and she was like well what are you doing and I'm like well there's a connection between reading scores and playing the piano and our kids can't read and there's an empty room by my my classroom so like what are we doing why why would we not do this you know I used to teach piano lessons for 20 years like what's the problem and she Mm -hmm. was like well you just didn't get my permission and you know as a business owner I never had to get anybody else's permission. <laughs> right, right. So, um, yeah, so I learned, I do not make a very good, I was great at what I did, but I don't make a very good employee following like a hierarchy to ask permission to do things that seem obvious and beneficial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, five years and uh, I don't need to, ex- to repeat that experience. <laughs> so, so how does a 13 year old wake up and go, I think I want to start a business? Oh, well, again, so that was like, you know, I babysat for money. I actually um, did. Um, and I was an announcer for um, our baseball and softball games. And so I had been doing like side little jobs. And when I got to be 13, again, I came from a small town and my piano teacher um, I outgrew her capacity. So I started teach, I started uh, studying at a university nearby, piano, and my piano teacher, my very first piano teacher said, you know, I have other students I can't teach. Why don't, like, would you be open to taking my extra beginning students? And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, this is great. And so um, I made a lot of money in high school. While my friends were busting tables, I had kids come into my parents' house in my living room, teaching piano lessons, making really great money. And, um, and instead of buying a car, like my friends were buying cars, I was buying recording equipment for my studio. Mm -hmm. Um, one, because I love to compose music and I thought, well, if I love that, then wouldn't that make sense? The kids would love it too. And so Mm -hmm. from their very first lesson, you know, because when you, when you learn something and just wrote back, like our traditional school system is, you know, it's like you learn and then you repeat. And that's what, what a lot of piano lessons traditionally have been. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought, no, I, I know these kids. I want to be able to have them go deeper and bring their self-expression to it. And so I would teach them something and then now go write a song using what I just taught you. And mm-hmm. they loved it. And wow. my retention was better. My mm-hmm. average um, distance from, so there's piano teachers all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. And so most of my students drove over a half hour past like four or five other teachers to come to me. Wow. Wow. And I had a waiting list. Um, we had a blast mm-hmm. and uh, the parents uh, loved it because they knew they were getting more than just a t- traditional piano lesson. And the students loved it. They were hooked because it was their self-expression, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it just kind of all evolved and um, it was a huge blessing. It was a huge blessing. And then again, after the divorce, it messed with my mindset and Mm -hmm. that happens right in life. And I forgot who I was and whose I was Mm -hmm. and thought teaching at St. Louis public schools was my best option. And lots of blessings came from that. Mm -hmm. And I'm complete. Don't have to do it again. <laughs> so let's be before we move forward. Let's go back a little. So yeah. so you were you were you you were raised in an entrepreneurial environment. Yeah. So so share with me what was that like? Were you involved in the family business at all? What was it like was. in an entrepreneurial environment? Yeah. So when I was 10, my dad started a, um, insurance and investment company Mm -hmm. and he would pay me, I think it was like, this was like in 1982. So he would pay me five cents an envelope that I would type up and he would send out mailers. Mm -hmm. And so I remember, and it's so funny. I remember being 10 and at one end of the dining room table and my dad at the other end of the dining room table. And I would be typing up the list of labels, you know, on the old fashioned typewriters. And mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I learned how to type. And my dad on the other end of the table, because that was his, like, he didn't have a job. Like he was, he was all in. And so mm-hmm. he was so nervous about making phone calls. He would literally, you know, this is like before, like, you know, <laughs> we didn't have all the technology today. So he's like on, on our landline making phone calls and then he had a trash can next to him and he would vomit. And then he'd pick up the phone again and make a call and he would get all of his nerves, you know, and then he'd vomit. And I remember making a decision right then and there, I was never, ever, never gonna be in sales. <laughs> I was gonna teach. Yeah. And, wow. but my, I have so much respect and admiration for my dad. Like he was going, he pushed his way through it. And most people don't know that about my dad. Like they see the success, but I got to literally be at the table with him while he mm-hmm. was pushing through. And wow. um, I thought, oh, I'm, that's not ever, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then once his, that business got growing, um, my mom was involved with um, the Diet Center franchise. And so mm-hmm. my mom had lost over hundred pounds using that program. And so my dad said, okay, we're going to get a franchise. And they got two. And my mom ran the two Diet Center franchises. And then after a couple of years, they were doing well. So they bought, cause you know, if two are good, like just make it an even dozen. So they bought 10 more. Right. 10 will, be, 10 will be better. 10 will be, if two are good, 12 are better. And so that's like well, how I, so big surprise I am the way I am because of like, look at my influences, right? Yep. And so I remember getting up at 5.30 with my mom and bicycling, bicycling around town. Um, in the evening, we would do jazzercise classes, you know, at the center. And I remember helping her make, so again, 1982, like all these tofu recipes, you know, and, um, and I knew, and I could see how, what we put in our body made it such a difference. And so I remember saving up my money because at that point I didn't have a business. I was babysitting and, and I, I can't, I think I was in sixth grade when I started announcing, um, the ball games. And so I remember saving up my money so I could buy the nutritional guide for healing because I knew there was something about that. And I, it was at, at, um, at the mall, at the, um, supplement store at the mall. And I saved up my money to buy that book. I still have that book. 
And, um, but I knew we could, we had more control over things that most people don't realize. So I would help her. I would like be her little assistant during her classes. And um, so, yeah, I helped with both of their businesses um, in certain ways. And I remember my dad saying, when you get older, you know, you could inherit the insurance agency. Mm. And I thought that sounded like a really bad idea. <laughs> and now I'm throwing up in trash cans, dad. <laughs> I know, I know. And he was always gone. Like he worked, you know, a lot of night appointments mm-hmm. and like they both were, my parents worked so hard. Um, but I, but that was all we, that was what I knew. Like that was what we did. And so when it was time for me to like an opportunity to make more money teaching piano lessons, I thought this is like, why not? And so I was a, kind of a latchkey kid anyway. Mm-hmm. And I've made the family meals since I was 10 because mom was running the diet centers and dad was running the insurance agency. And mm-hmm. it was me and my brother. And like, we just made it all work. And, and that's, I guess the mentality, my dad, when I was eight years old, my dad sat down with me. Um, I had a little like breakup with my best friend mm-hmm. and I was just like devastated at age eight, like thinking, and it was her birthday Monday. And I called and like, we're still in touch, I guess is my point. But at age eight, you don't see that. Right. And so I was just like so devastated. And so he sat down with me and he handed me Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. So I got that at age eight, which also explains some things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just never, um, you know, some people call it a blessing. Some people call it a curse. Like when my parents said to me, you can do anything you want. I took that literally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I've had big successes and big failures because I just would go for it. Yep. So, um, that's, I love that, you know, when Kiana was three, I think she was three years old. I used to take her networking with me and, you know, I made little business cards and I had her name on it. And then her title was uh, vice president of public relations. And then it had my email address and my phone number on it. And she would walk around the networking room. Have you met my mom? Have you talked to my mom? You should. Have you met my mom? Have you talked to my mom? You should. And she would just hand out her cards like she was a poker dealer. And uh, and then uh, the next day I'd get a call or an email. I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to the cute little one. So, so I would pay her. I would pay her to come with me. You know, that was how I I was the whole single mom, you know, And I, I would pay her $3 to come networking with me because that's how old she was. And then when we would get home back in the day when the only technology we had were business card scanners, you know, early 2000, it was 2003 because she's a millennial baby. So in 2003, uh, she would then scan the business cards. So I would hook it up to my computer open up the program and all she had to do was run the card through it. It would scan it. And then she'd push a button on my laptop, run a card through it, scan it, push a button. And I gave her 10 cents a card. So for every hundred cards she did, she got a buck. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. For every 10 cards she did, she got a buck. For every hundred cards she did, she got $10. And that kid was rolling in bank. And that was what she did. That was her favorite thing. She would always grab my business cards and then sit down (laughs) and put on Dora the Explorer and just go to town. (laughs) So, yeah, so that was her first entrepreneurial venture. And my first, uh, my first book that I ever did with her was when she was six months old. I, um, I would sit her on my lap and I read to her who, who, who moved my cheese. Oh yeah. And uh, it was her favorite book. So when she was vertical and could walk, she would always go get the book, climb up on my lap and sit there and I would read it. I get very animated. So she would, she would love the animation fast forward when she was in kindergarten, her kindergarten teacher grabbed me drug me out to the playground and she goes will you just stop and i'm like stop what and she goes this kid is teaching kids paradigm shifts stop (laughs) reading her that damn book these kids are five paradigm shifts are over their head stop will you (laughs) 
<laughs> so that's when I realized, oh crap. <laughs> and uh, when she was, uh, what was it? Seven, eight years old, I, I sat her down and we watched Peaceful Warrior together uh, on, on, I think it was Netflix at the time. Might've might have been Amazon Prime, but I think it was Netflix. And uh, it really taught her the power of presence. It really taught her the power of now. It really taught her you know, the conversations with the itty bitty shitty committee. And um, I really had no idea that she was watching my every move. I mean, I did, I did. And I never realized how much of an influence I was on her until uh, I really started noticing her migration over to the entrepreneurial world instead of the, the, the corporate world. And you know, today she, she wants to be the best coach she can ever be. You know, she's 20, she's majoring in entrepreneurship. And she said, you know, mom, she goes, one of the first things I want to do when I graduate is be a coach. I want to, I want to make an impact like you make an impact. She goes, I want to speak. I want to train. And she goes, and I want to go out and I want to network because I want to, I want to draw people in. And it's been really, really cool to watch that evolution. Have you ever talked with your parents um, about how they saw your growth, development, evolution into entrepreneurism? Mostly my dad. Mm -hmm. um, we've had lots and lots of, we still have conversations about what's going on in his business and what's going on in my business. Um, he actually, he had a stroke 20 years ago and it was right before I um, had my son, Nicholas, mm -hmm. and he wanted me to take over the business. And I didn't, one, I didn't realize what I said no to. <laughs> um, and it was, I was living in St. Louis and they're in Effingham, Illinois. So that's two hours away. Mm -hmm. And so it, I just said no. Um, but he's, he's tried like over the years to like pull me in and and it was not a fit for where I was. Mm -hmm. um, but we talk about business and we talk about, you know, service to community. And like I said, like right now, he is, a again, the um, Rotary president. He's been mm -hmm. part of Rotary for 30 some years, well, more than that. Mm -hmm. I'm old, gosh, <laughs> 39 years now he's been, like he's been involved. Mm -hmm. And so he, um, and I gave him all the credit because he was my first really men business mentor and he doesn't want to accept any of the credit. Wow. Very humble. Um, you That's know, amazing. He, he is amazing. Well, and so, it's interesting. So you were talking about Kiana Nicholas, my Nicholas was very similar. Mm -hmm. um, I did not know about networking until um, Shannon and I founded um, Wise Women Connect. I didn't even know really what that was. Yep. And that was back in, I think 2012, 13, maybe. So, but when Nicholas was younger, um, one of our neighbors bought over a big box of um, incense and I didn't want anything to do with it because I know it was chemical based incense and not like natural. Mm -hmm. And so I was going to wait till after they left and I was going to put it in the trash. And Nicholas said, what are you doing? And I said, we're not burning this in our house. And he said, mom, that's my inventory. And he was seven. And I said, what do you mean that's your inventory? He said, I'm going to sell this. And so he, I'm like, okay. And so we live in a subdivision. And so he said, can I borrow your cooler? Because we had a cooler on wheels, with mm -hmm. a, you know? So with a black um, Sharpie, he wrote on the cooler, which we still have, a um, dollar each, six for five, six, six for $5. And he took that little thing. And when he had a, when he got a little scooter, like a, you know, like electric razor scooter, he mm -hmm. somehow rigged it up. So he had the cooler following him on the scooter. And then when he started riding <laughs> the bike, then he had it on his bike, but he would go around. We live off of a, ro a road that has like subdivision after subdivision. So he would like go house to house and sell incense. And, um, and he made maybe $400 like one summer. And so later that year we had a garage sale and he, of course he had his like little incense booth. Most people, kids have lemonade booths. Nicholas had an incense and he made his own website at age seven because he was like technologically brilliant. Mm -hmm. And 
he was, that was his deal. So I was in graduate school at the time. And so my mom came down to help and I had to go to class. It was a Saturday afternoon. And I said, it's Nicholas. She said, can Nicholas go and visit some of the other garage sales? And I said, yes, but make sure that he keeps some of his money that he earned back, you know, from the garage sale. And so when I got home, he had no money left, but I walked in and my entire kitchen table was full of candles. And I looked at my mom and I'm like, what is, what is this? <laughs> and she said, don't get mad at me. You know, I couldn't, she can't, could never tell him no. Mm-hmm. And he came in and he's like, mom, I got more inventory. And I'm like, what do you mean inventory? I said, you, you have incense. And he goes, but my number one um, resistant, you know, buyer, they would always tell me they don't burn incense. They burn candles. So now I have candles and I was just like, so proud. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and so then he sold incense and candles. And I remember going trick-or-treating with him later that fall. And he'd say, there's a client, there's a client, there's a client, you know? And so instead of going and saying trick-or-treat to his clients, he'd say, before he'd say trick-or-treat, he'd say, how's that incense working out for you? Do you need me to stop by <laughs> and sell you some more? And then he go into the retreat, yeah. And so, um, so it does. Like our kids are watching us. Yeah, they are. Well, they model us. You know, they They go through imprint. They go through modeling. Then they go through socialization. Then they roll into business persona. Yeah. So, Connie. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you know, you had made a declaration at a very young age, like 10 years old, that I'm not going to sell. And, and, and what I do know of you is you're kind of the sales arm of all of the businesses. So what is selling to you? If, if you declared at 10 years old, you weren't going to sell, how'd you get so good at it? What did you do? So again, it's about solving people's problems. And I know that I was gifted with the gift of being able to teach. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's not sales at all. It's just teaching them why they need, you know, creating the need, Mm -hmm. listening to what they want and creating that need and then telling, educating them on why they would be in their benefit Mm -hmm. for them to to get it. And so when I met my husband, Ben, who owns the, like he had the fence company way before I came along, um, he would joke with my dad and said, she thinks she's not in sales. (laughs) And they would laugh about it. And I'm like, but I'm a teacher. And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're, you're a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. So, so, so I'm curious, you know, having, having been raised in an entrepreneurial venture and, and, and having explored business ownership in multiple facets, uh, how, what, what's been your number one key to success? So there's that, that's a loaded question. So I <laughs> my first, my first response was going to be systems. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, no, that's really not, that's important. That's a, that's a piece of the pie for me. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing is mindset. Okay. For me. Okay. I know. I agree, by the way, I'm, I, I, I love that answer. Yeah. I had a, um, one of my vendors today said, I love, I always love talking to you, Connie. Like you've really gone through some crap and you're always in a, such a great mood. And mm-hmm. I said, well, we get to decide, yep. you know, people say, how are you? And you get to decide what you say. Yeah. And yeah. so my uncle used to say, it's your story. You can tell it any way you want it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's so true. And so you could, you know, I talked about um, you had mentioned the CEO program, which is one of my little passion projects. And I would go and speak with the, these high school students. They grew from one program in my hometown to like, now they're up to like 60, almost 70 programs around the country. And they're amazing programs for mm-hmm. high school students. I mean, it's, they're incredible. And mm-hmm. so I've been asked multiple times to go and speak to these groups and they have conventions and whatever. And I always talk to the kids about the most important decision in your life that you're ever going to make is if you're going to be a two or if you're going to be a four. 
And what I mean by that is, are you going to be someone who life happens to you? Or are we going to raise our standard, raise our vibration, raise our thoughts up to a four so yep. that life happens for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I say that all the time. You can let you, you, you can be, you can be a victim of life or a victor over life. You know, you let life happens to you or you make life happen. It's one, it's one or the other. Right. And I'm surrounded by people like my husband is um, also has done a lot of personal growth and development. Mm -hmm. Um, My son, um, we were active in landmark education. And so he did all those programs. And when you have people around you that will call you out on your crap, when you're having those two moments, Mm -hmm. um, it's great to be able to have somebody to say, are you going to be a two or a four? Mm, I love that. Yeah, I love that. And it's like, and it's, it's kind of like, okay, you're right. Thank you. Yeah. I love that. So, so let's, let's talk about the, the family business, your, your fencing business, definitely not your heart centered passion. Right. Uh, however, it's a significant business. It's a beast. Right. It is. My husband's been, um, in business for 45 years. Not Mm -hmm. everyone can say that Mm -hmm. he, um, we do no advertising. We generate, well, so I will say before our training, my training with you, we were generating um, one to two leads a day. Mm. Now, like today we generated five. So now the the average is more like four to five. Mm -hmm. And um, again, attracting, I believe, new, we have some really great team members that just joined um, the fence company out of, I know, and to me, it's, um, the law of attraction is very real Mm -hmm. when, especially when you put the systems and the mindset and it all works together. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's great. I knew I, I had these memories again of when I was a child, anytime my parents made a decision, whether it was to put an ad in the paper and remember when we used to do that. (laughs) Yeah. I always ask our clients, how'd you hear about us? And in the 12 years I've been working with my husband, last week we had somebody say in the phone book. And I was like, is there oh, even a phone book anymore? Exactly. I didn't even know, right? So I remember my parents, anytime they made a decision, whether it was to place an ad in the paper, to order inventory, uh, to train or hire a new hire, they would get these binders out that were like, you know, this thick, and they would go through the binder and see what's the process. Mm. And so I knew even in my piano studio, when I would onboard a new student, there was a process Mm -hmm. because that's what I was shown. Mm -hmm. And my husband invested, um, one of his favorite books is um, the Um, E-Myth. E-Myth and like there's different versions. And he Mm -hmm. actually hired um, as consultants, the E-Myth company and they like um, systemized the Fins company. And then when I came in, I tweaked it so it worked for me, mm-hmm. uh, but we definitely, we have this, like where I'm actually hiring, like we're working with my replacement. Um, I'm so happy about this. I have been working <laughs> on this for a while. And I think we found somebody that's going to take some of the um, day-to-day activities away from me. Wow. Congratulations. Like, yeah. And it's, and I'm so grateful because now it's like, well, here's the system. Here's the templates. Here's the like, this is how you do this. This is where you record this. Like it's, and it's written down. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's going to be super simple to make that happen so that when I'm in mm-hmm. class for those chunk of days with you this fall, multiple times, mm-hmm. it's all handled. So other than, other than uh, because you, you're, you're really digging in on the development work that, that we're doing, are you it is the intention of leveraging another resource to open up your time to focus on your non-toxic safe zone solutions business? That and Solex, yes. Okay, perfect. You know, yeah. leveraging resources is 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 very important. And, and I want to get into that in a minute. I'd like to talk about our journey together because yeah. I know that I know that when I met you, you were you were very resistant in, in diving in. Um, you know, you had been through Landmark and, and Landmark's absolutely a, a, a great environment. Uh, Norlin, Norlinguistics Programming, NLP is, 
is is very different because it's a much deeper dive, right? It's it, it's it's an entire tool shed. Uh, Landmark is NLP based, and there's a difference between a based program and the actual science of the program. So, so yeah, let's talk about that resistance when I met you. <laughs> yeah, so I met you in October, 2020. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, many of my friends had gone through your program, and yet none of them had reached out to me, I believe, because I was the state I was in, my son had a massive heart attack in March of 2020 and mm -hmm. um, instantly was in heaven yep. and we were not expecting that. And so I was having some physical issues um, and then the emotional issues compounded the physical issues. Mm -hmm. So when I met you, I was just getting out of a wheelchair and um, not open to a future. I mean, honestly, I had been yeah. through every program landmark offered Mm -hmm. and used, used, was using it, um, did not see a future that I wanted to be in, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, not suicidal, but just not, um, and I was in immense physical and emotional pain. Yeah. And yeah. so one of my friends that did reach out to me and said, you need to, you need to meet Stacy and you need to go to this boot camp. And because I love this girl so much, um, I said, okay, I'll, I'll go and just know, like I told Danielle, like, I'm just going to tell you, um, I'm going to go and it'll be a great little refresher and it'll be great to see my friends and, and I'm not going to go any further. <laughs> and that's what I declared. And I called Shannon on the way to the class and said, you know, I'm not going to do what you did. Right. You know, I'm not going to do that. And she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, Okay. And I think you, I don't even know if it was, we even got to the first hour. Um, I know it was early in the morning and I was like, so blown away with like, whatever you had, that's what I wanted. I saw a pathway and an opening to my future that I had not seen before, Stacey. Wow. Honestly, if you would have said, here's my program and I'm going to teach you how to make a better cup of coffee, I would have said, sign me up. <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously it's way bigger than that. Yeah. But I yeah. was like so on one side. And then um the power and the success and the heart that you have that is infused into your programs. I couldn't, I couldn't, I just I was I, I couldn't say no. I could have said no, but I was like, it was, I was so enrolled and that, and I knew you had, I, I, I remember coming up afterwards and I said, I need two things. I need help with my grief mm -hmm. and I need help with copy for my business for marketing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're like, yeah, we can handle both of those. I'm like, okay, I'm in. Mm -hmm. And it's done that and so much more. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I remember going in March, yeah. going in the first day, thinking I'm going to do the first class. I know there's more, but I'm not going to do more. <laughs> and you would think like, here's the deal. Like I am sometimes a slow learner, but I eventually get it. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it was the same kind of process. It was just like, there was like these breakthrough and miracle moments mm. that profoundly, profoundly changed my perception of myself, mm. my mindset around my future, because, yeah. you know, I didn't care about my future. I know. So you got real straight with me. Mm. And um, some of the most powerful days of my life. Mm. And you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait my husband was so excited when I came home Sunday night <laughs> and I was still you know in zen yep. mode and um I did go back on Monday morning and like corrected that and he was like whatever you're doing just keep on going <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> so he's totally enrolled 
And, um, you know, the results that I produced from March until I saw you late July were not predictable. Like I was, you know, there were so many things I was not going to be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, well, what's possible? And, and I'm very much driven by why I'm here. Mm. Like my real reason why I'm here. Mm -hmm. And the yeah. difference I'm here to make. And yeah. every day I know, like my one of my philosophies is if you're still breathing, you got something to do. So get after it. Nice. Nice. I love that. So so let's let let's go back to that leveraging resources component. Because I, I, I think that's where most entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business owners independent sales professionals, I, I think that's where they, they miss it. I yeah. think that's where they go wrong because they, they come from the space of this is everything that needs to be done. And I can't afford to not, I can't afford to not do this. And I can't afford to hire someone to do this. And they really put themselves in that catch 22. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? And, you know, for me, I emphatically believe do what I do best and allow myself to hire the best to do the rest. That's my emphatic position. And, you know, it allows me to stay in my wheelhouse, to stay in my lane. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious as to what you have to share about this, because I, I, I know that we share similar mindsets with that. And I also know that, you know, you have your hands in a lot of pots and you can't do it alone. That's right. That's right. So for some time now, I have been, like I said, I created the system knowing mm -hmm. I was going to be handing it off and it was going to be easy for me to hand it off. So we've been yep. looking for the right person. And, um, and again, I'm, I love the fence company. I'm proud of the work that we do. I love the integrity that the company represents. Um, yep. We are, we are distinct compared, mm -hmm. like people will say to us, you really don't have any competition, do you? And in our minds, in our results, we don't. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And there's things that I'm passionate about that I want to be investing my time and energy into. So having this training, this new person is going to free me up. And then in non-toxic safe zone solutions in May, um, I hired a um, FDA consultant because one of our products needs FDA approval. Another one needs EPA approval. And mm -hmm. I was doing, again, my parents taught me you can do whatever you want. And so I thought, Oh, FDA approval. I could do that. Like, have I ever done that before? <laughs> no, but in my brain, I'm like, well, I'm smart. I can figure it out. Yeah. Why not? Right. And so I spent some time and energy doing that. And I got it to a certain point where the insanity of it was like, okay, I need, I need somebody else to do this piece. And, mm -hmm. um, and again, I just believe that the right people at the right time show up when you're open and you're ready. And um, this amazing woman in Florida named Julia has taken over all of the stuff with the FDA and the things with the EPA, because you need to get labeled um, approval. Yeah. Yeah. She's handling the graphic artists with the labels she's handling mm -hmm. the printer she's hand she's doing all the communication with i have two different bobblers she's handling the communication with the manufacturer so all i have to do is like approve final things and so it's like that has totally freed me up um yep. which is like the best money i have ever spent and we have investors with our company and they're all hundred percent on board because they know that's, this is not ever something I was going to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so everybody's on board. Everybody's excited. We're getting things done. She's an industry expert. She has made, and, and we were going to have like regular, just one little thing. Like we, I was, we were going to have regular little labels, like, you know, just stick on labels. And she mm -hmm. said, you know, what's really great is these shrink wrap labels. And I'm like, huh, I never even considered shrink wrap labels. Well, there's more real estate on the product. Yep. And I yep. thought, 
that was brilliant. I never, you know, and again, it's like, you don't know what you don't know. So hire somebody yeah. that has been down the path. Yeah. And so um, I'm so excited to be working with her. And so we're going to be market ready. But she says by the end of the month. So wow. that's phenomenal. Congratulations. Yeah, that's incredible. So, so, so how does an ethereal energy worker end up in hardcore business concepts? I, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> See that, that, that is something that, that we haven't shared with our listeners is you're deep in energy work. Yes. I mean, when, whenever, whenever you walk up and you get close to the speakers, they scream, right? Because of the, the frequency that, that you put out. Yeah. And yeah. Um, typically when someone is that connected to energy, typically that's the direction that, that they go in and they typically don't have that linear business brain, right? Right. right. Yeah. So, so how does this ethereal energy worker become this hardcore business phenom? Yeah. Well, it goes back to mindset and systems for me. And watching dad throw up in the trash can. <laughs> I knew I didn't want to do that. I knew I didn't want to do that. Right. Yeah. And so like, how do you do it? I, I think that instilled, you know, the, the, the pushing through things, the hardcore focus and tenacity and drive. And, you know, that, that was a pretty significant demonstrative demonstration for you of him really wanting something. Yes. Yes. My parents' integrity and work ethic and heart are second to none. Mm. That's amazing. Um, such deep admiration and respect. They are truly, if you look in the dictionary and they're like best mom ever and best dad ever, like that's my parents. Mm. So, so I'm curious, Connie, what's the best advice that you can give someone who's just starting off or someone who's struggling and hasn't achieved what it is they want to achieve yet? In business, mm -hmm. if they're starting their business, I would say get a coach find a mentor somewhere in your industry that has done what you have done so that it, you know, learn from their mistakes. <laughs> Cause I've, I've made the mistake of not doing that um, early with my, um, when I had Annie nurse network, I had that business for five years mm -hmm. um, and I did not know, again, it was, it was born from a need that I had. And mm -hmm. my husband said, then do it. And so I did. And I didn't know anything about like any of that. And, um, and it was, I call that, that was my MBA program, mm -hmm. like life's MBA program for me. Right, right. And um, so, you know, you want to hire a coach for sure. Have your, get your mind straight because this entrepreneurial path is not for the faint of heart. Amen to that sister. <laughs> yeah. And surround yourself with, you know, I say your vibe attracts your tribe. Mm -hmm. So surround yourself with excellence yeah. and, um, and learn boundaries really. Mm, yeah. yeah. That, that has helped a lot. Like what I'm willing and not willing to accept out of myself and others. Yeah. And I'm still learning that. Mm -hmm. Can I take that to the next level? Not only does your vibe attract your tribe, your tribe attracts your vibe too. Yes. And, and there's been studies showing like, you know, what is the, the average of the five people that you hang out with is your, is your income. Yep. Yep. And, um, but it's not just regarding money because money is just energy anyway. It is. Yep. Yeah. Energy out, energy in crap exactly. out, crap in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So Connie, welcome to the signature question of the show. Yeah. And that is, what does selling without selling mean to you? Well, I think I touched on it earlier when I talked about one is um, 
genuinely being interested in what, how to help the other person mm-hmm. and like, to get curious about what they need and to mm-hmm. see if it's a good fit and then teach them, like that's my words, mm-hmm. to teach them, show them how we're a fit or not. We, we refer mm-hmm. people to other dense companies like on a weekly basis, like we're not a match for mm-hmm. you. So mm-hmm. um, we also like, you know, we know who our target core market is. Not everybody's our client. Yeah. And that's I would say true. that's true with defense company. That's true with non-toxic. And that's true with, um, I work with Solex. Not everybody is the person. So I'm not just, they're not just vetting me. I'm also vetting them. Yeah. So to yeah. me, sell without selling is just to get real curious about what the need is. If we're a good fit. And then to teach them how, like, it'll make it, how I can make it easy for them to get what they need. So our listeners hear me say frequently, we have to do the inner work for the outer to ever work. And the only way that you can posture the way you're posturing, understanding uh, what the need is, understanding how to fill the need, understanding that it's okay to to walk away from a customer or connect a a prospective customer to a better solution. The only way you can do that is if you're showing up with the right head. If you're showing up understanding that, that abundance is a real concept, that that there's plenty out there for all of us. So that just because they say no or you say no, it's okay because there's something better on the other side of this. And you know, when we show up in in an air of desperation and an air of need, we unfortunately are incapable of showing up in a space of service. And And to me, that's the heart of being able to sell without selling is is knowing that there is a product, service, and solution out there for every need, want, and desire. And it doesn't always have to be you. And as long as you understand you're the best of the best and you continue to show up that way and give 100% in a state of excellence, then who truly has a need, want, and desire ends up instantaneously, effortlessly connecting with you. Absolutely. So, so thank you for, for sharing uh, what Sell Without Selling means to you. So welcome to the random round. See, I believe that success leaves clues. And I like to uh, ask questions so that our listeners can, can see what or find out what resonates with them that our successful guest experts do so that they can apply to self anything that, that really lands for them. So I think first and foremost, I'd love to ask you, what's your favorite word and why? So I pick a word every year mm. as part of my practice. Mm-hmm. And so this year's word is, in, is trust. And it's not just, it's trusting God, it's trusting myself, it's trusting um, the process. Mm-hmm. So that's my word of the year that I'm like really um, integrating. I would say if I had I a, my overall word that... Is my favorite word, and I and it's not. I never thought of it before as my favorite word. I always thought of about. I thought about it as my favorite, like foundational virtue is how I thought about it. Not as mm-hmm. a word, but it's mm-hmm. really integrity, because I know without integrity, nothing works. Yeah, yeah. I I pick a word a year too. Oh, what's and, your word? Uh, so my word for twenty twenty one is limitless possibilities. I believe that we live in a world where everything's possible. And because we live in a world where anything's possible, then anything's possible. And I think the only people that limit us are ourselves. So limitless is is my focus this year. Last question, last random round question. Uh, What's your favorite book and why? 
so I would say my favorite, I love reading that I can, that came from my dad. I got lots and lots and lots of books. I would say one of my favorite books was Power Versus Force. Have you read Dr. I have David? not read that one, no. Oh, it is so good. <laughs> okay. It is well, so, good. so good. So, you know, there's a difference between power versus force mm -hmm. um, energetically. They talk about, of course, this is the energy stuff that I'm so attracted to. Mm -hmm. So it talks about there's different um, frequencies for different emotions. And it goes from like zero to a thousand with a thousand being like Christ consciousness. Yep. And it talks about how when you raise your vibration that you now can actually influence other people's vibration rising. Mm. And so that's always been one of my um, beliefs of why I'm here is mm -hmm. not just to maybe my personal best, you know, but also to be able to help others rise to their best and to raise their frequency. After Nicholas went to heaven, you know, he's all frequency now. And so I got real curious about frequencies and what's the highest. So I know pineapple is the highest frequency fruit, for example. Mm -hmm. I was like, mm -hmm. and surround myself and implement things that had, like would raise my frequency. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the best decisions. And it really stemmed from knowing that information from that book. Um, I use references to it all the time. And it's really about scarcity versus abundance. And, you know, I know every time I can look back and see a pattern of every time I made a decision that did not serve me, it totally came from scarcity mindset. And I was in a low vibration. Yep. And when I made some of the best decisions I made, it was when I was in a high vibration and um, entrusted the process, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. It's funny. My favorite all-time fruit is one of two things: pineapples. I can never get enough pineapple. I will, if if I was truly allowed to, I would eat an entire pineapple in one sitting. And uh, blueberries. I, oh, I very high too. I swear, I could seriously become that blueberry girl from uh, <laughs> Willy Wonka. <laughs> that the Oompa Loompas roll out. I will eat a pint of blueberries in one sitting every day. It's my favorite fruit. Yeah. And that's very high frequency too. Yeah. Big so, surprise, right? <laughs> so Connie, I got to tell you, it's been really phenomenal talking with you today. I appreciate you coming on, on the show. Before we head out, what would be the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you, to reach out to you, to find you anyway? So I'm on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, and LinkedIn. So those are like the, you know, traditional ways mm -hmm. they can email me. I'm very open with that. It's just my name, Connie Houlihan at gmail.com. H-O-U-L-I-H-A-N. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Like hot lips Houlihan. That's, I told my husband I married him so I could be hot lips Houlihan. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very accessible. Yeah. Awesome. And I'll make sure those end up in the show notes. Your success is important to me, and it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do a few things right now. I'd love for you to hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. That's hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, I'd love it if you'd head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. We have an immense amount of interaction on both platforms. We also share different information on both platforms. So we look forward to seeing you there. Last and definitely not least, I love to chat with you, give feedback on the episodes, and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this podcast more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15-minute call on the schedule. I look forward to getting to know you. Always remember this, choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so that you can get on your way so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening and I look forward to talking with you soon.
Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.